When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for being a part of the show. Another great open from Mario Ruiz, as always. Another edition of Lakers Talk as we're getting towards the end here of July. And still a lot of questions left in the NBA, and I will still uh, do my best to make predictions. Probably be wrong at most of them. Um, we got a lot that we want to get into. The chatter today was around Kevin Durant and the Boston Celtics and how really whatever ends up happening with Kevin Durant, how that could potentially help get Kyrie to the Lakers, even if that means he goes to the Boston Celtics. I want to spend a little time on that. Over the weekend, there were three teams that were rumored to potentially be landing spots for Russ, and we could go through those three teams and what those deals could potentially look like. Uh, It was the Pacers, the Knicks, and the Jazz were the three teams that Mark Stein had wrote about. Um, There is a, a good article and this is actually more of a conversation that was being had. Uh, Darvin Ham talking about Anthony Davis and really how he is just the most important piece of the Lakers and their history, or I'm sorry, their future. They're really their present and their future. Rashid Wallace not joining the Lakers coaching staff. I got some thoughts on that. So we got a lot to get into. And then Brad Turner from the LA Times, covers the Lakers for the LA Times, will join us at 7.30. So earlier today you had um, – The chatter really started last night, you could say. There was some chatter yesterday about, specifically about uh, Kevin Durant. And it was first reported by Woj. Boston was interested late Sunday night. Sham Sharani of The Athletic reported Monday that Boston offered a trade package centered around Jalen Brown and picks. And the only reason why I'm kind of tying this into the Lakers, because I I think there is a tie. We've heard all offseason that the number one priority for the Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie's not the priority. So, you know, if the Lakers are going to try to make a move for Kyrie Irving, and I know Laker fans, we've basically been talking about Kyrie potentially coming to the Lakers for four weeks straight, and nothing has happened, nor does it seem like there's been any progress. But I just, I always tie the KD stuff because a lot of these reports say that KD is obviously the top priority, as he should be, for the Brooklyn Nets, and where he ends up, which, by the way, could eventually just be in Brooklyn. He could stay with the Brooklyn Nets. They do have him under contract for four years, and they could say, look, we we tried trading you. We tried to do do right by you, but at the end of the day, we got to worry about ourselves, and it does not make any sense for us to trade you. And for all we know, Kyrie and and, uh, KD could be back with the Brooklyn Nets next year with Ben Simmons and some of those shooters that they have, and They'll give it another run to try to see if they could compete in the Eastern Conference, which I think that ship has already sailed, but um, that's that's certainly a possibility. Isn't it kind of weird that this tie-in with the, the, the Nets and the Celtics, that this trade package that included Jalen Brown, some picks, I heard Derek White, I heard the Nets were also asking for Marcus Smart, which is what kind of stopped things. But isn't it kind of crazy that by trading for KD in a weird way, um, the Celtics, I guess you could say, could assist the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, I don't want to see KD go to Boston. I, I definitely don't. I mean, I, I just watched 
the Boston Celtics get to the NBA Finals, two games away from winning it all? Um, did the Golden State Warriors prove and show that they had more experience, more talent? They had Steph Curry. They had the best player between the two teams. They did prove that, but Boston was right there. So it's not like you know the Boston Celtics had to go through the Nets and they had to go through uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, they had their path to just get to the NBA Finals was so tough. Celtics are a good team, and if they added Kevin Durant to the mix, then that means um, you know they are not just legitimate contenders; will be one of the favorites to win it all next year. Um, if that roundabout way, in some shape, way, or capacity, helped the Lakers to get Kyrie Irving, that's an interesting one. That's not one that I look at and I'm like, all right, I'm rooting for that. I really am not rooting for KD to go to the Boston Celtics, which would also be incredibly odd that the Celtics and that the Nets would make a trade um, with Boston, an Eastern Conference rival, and probably put them in a position to go right back to the NBA Finals again and what would set up with these great teams in the Western Conference versus Boston or Milwaukee or something along those lines. But if if that if that kind of presents itself is the best way that I can put it, it's more it becomes more of a I'm, listen. I'm, I've been saying this for the last four weeks. I'm rooting for Kyrie to come to the Lakers because the Lakers situation I think is bleak the way it is in the sense that I, I think the rust piece of it and the Lakers trying to um, find a way to compete and just be in this Western Conference mix next year. I find it difficult that it's going to happen with Russ, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. So I will. I, I am just hoping that some kind of deal goes down for the Lakers. And if it's Kyrie Irving, you have now a pretty legitimate shot of saying, okay, well, if everything goes as planned, which not everything will go as planned, then you're right back in that conversation in the Western Conference. But to get there that way where Boston gets KD and then everything else kind of happens – uh, after that, with Kyrie working his way, the Lakers, I thought those articles were interesting. I thought it was interesting that this continues to come up. I did hear Windhorse earlier today talk about how this isn't really news, that the Celtics have been one of those teams that have been part of the conversation. This didn't start yesterday, um, but certainly uh, uh, it was made more public over the last 24 hours or so. So there was um, there was a couple articles that came out over the weekend, and – this one I find uh, I find interesting. Um, there were three different teams that were asso- associated or in some shape, way or form, some shape, way or form involved with the Lakers as far as a trade for Russ. And let me kind of go through the three teams because I find each one of these kind of fascinating in their own way. And I was uh, I spent some time. Um, talking about this over the past couple of days as well of what is too much to give up if you're not getting an all-star back and are those two draft picks at the Lakers of 2027 2029 is it that important for the Lakers to hold on to them the way that they are right now but Lakers have they've they've shown that those picks are important to them and maybe they just feel like they have time on their side and and we'll see if that's still the case in four weeks from now or a month from now but the three teams that were reported to um, be involved in some type of a trade with the Lakers. I'll, I'll tell you who they were. So it's the Indiana Pacers, which is um, a trade that uh, uh, involves Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. It's the Utah Jazz, which you don't see anything that would happen unless they traded Donovan Mitchell 
after that, you're probably going to try to get rid of guys like Mike Conley and Bogdanovich and Clarkson and Rudy Gay. They got just kind of a list of all these. Other. Remember Malik Beasley and Patrick Beverly both came to Utah in that trade for uh, Rudy Gobert. So there's another team that could potentially be in the mix. And then the Knicks also uh, would be in the mix potentially. Uh, Julius Randle, Evan Fournier, Derek Rose, Cam Reddish. So they have some contracts I think they'd be trying to get rid of, look for expiring contracts. Russ can accomplish that goal for them. So there's those three teams there that I heard over the weekend, and this is coming from uh, – it was coming from – one was an article from Sham Sharania noting that there are a couple of teams that are in the mix here. And then something uh, also I saw from Mark Stein on Substack kind of breaks that down. So this is what I want to do when we come back. Between those three teams and some of those other teams that we're talking about, um, which, of those, which of those scenarios would be the best fit for the Lakers? And then that Miles Turner buddy healed one. We heard over the weekend that, that co- those conversations are dead because the Lakers do not want to include two first-rounders for those players. I want to I get a little into that because I, am, um, I, I have, as best as I can since LeBron came over to the Lakers, talked about how I really just don't care about the future because the organization has shown that the future is not nearly as important as the present. But we're, we're kind of at a standstill here with those picks. And I want to spend a little time talking about why that's a good move or a bad move for the Lakers to put those two first-rounders in play if they can help their upcoming season. We'll do all that coming up next. Don't forget, Brad Turner of the LA Times coming up at 7.30. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I hope you guys are having a good uh, start to your week. By the way, just a quick reminder, tomorrow morning I'm back on with Travis Rogers. We'll do our show 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Lakers talk. If you miss any part of the show, have you guys downloaded the new ESPN LA app? It is so freaking convenient and so good. Um... It is uh, – all our apps are on there. All the shows are on there, the channels of the show, so you can catch the podcast. But just streaming live, streaming later, however the heck you guys want to do it, it sounds so good on there. And it's uh, literally one tap, and you got the uh, you got the app, and, and you could go live right away. So uh, give, that a, uh, give that a shot if you have not yet had an opportunity to do that. We're talking about over the weekend, three different teams were brought up that the Lakers have had – uh, that there's been some interest that if there's if if there's a deal to go down and the Lakers trade Russ that these would be the three teams that would be most likely to be involved in some type of Westbrook trade, um, the Indiana Pacers, the Utah Jazz, and the New York Knicks. Those are the three teams. Um, I spent some time. I did this on uh, on YouTube, but uh, spent some time yesterday just 
talking about the Buddy Hilde, Miles Turner specifically, because there was a report over the weekend that there was interest and the Lakers were reluctant to sacrifice um, first rounders, two first rounders for Miles Turner and Buddy Hilde. And, and by the way, um, I think those guys would fit great on the Lakers. Pretty much anything other than what the Lakers have right now, I think would fit great for the Lakers. Uh, the Athletics' Bob Kravitz reported that the talk or the conversation is between the Lakers and the Pacers. Um, I'm going to read this uh, just verbatim here. Sending Westbrook in a first-round pick to Indiana and a deal that bring Buddy Hilden and Miles Turner to the Lakers are currently dead. The Pacers reportedly wanted the Lakers to add another first-round pick to that package. So let me... Kind of be frank here, how I look at that deal specifically. Um, Miles Turner is one of the better defensive big men in the NBA. He's a good player. He's a good and he's a really good player. If you got Anthony Davis there, and he could be um, kind of your shot blocker, control the paint. Uh, he's a nice player, and he's at an age where he's young enough. The only thing with him is you went out in the off season. You got uh, you got a couple of big men already. You got Thomas Bryant. Um, you got Damian Jones. So you already kind of address that. However, Miles um, Turner is obviously he's a lot better than both of those guys. Buddy Heald. I don't really need to tell Laker fans about Buddy Heald because he played in the Western Conference for the Sacramento Kings, and the Lakers would play the Kings four times a year, and the Lakers were close to getting Buddy Heald. Instead, they pivoted. And instead of trading, making a trade with the Sacramento Kings, they decided to go make a trade with the Wizards. That brought Russ here. So Laker fans know that Buddy Heald is a real sharp sharpshooter in the league. I, I, I think both of those guys would fit fantastic on the Lakers. I really do. Um, the two first-rounders, you know, I, I'm, I'm one that usually when I'm talking Lakers basketball – I'm not going to sit back and say, you really, hey, that, that pick in five years, oh, well, that's a key one. That pick in seven years, that's a key one. I'm not the general manager of the Lakers, so, and I think it's a boring conversation if I'm, if I'm having that talk. However, Miles Turner and Buddy Heald are not big enough names to make me think that those two on the Lakers, who I think are a good fit and I think will improve the team, no question about it, I don't think those guys are are difference makers to where you're like, oh, okay, well, the West now runs through the Lakers. I don't think that's the case. Now, there might not be a move out there that does that, period. But to give up two first-rounders for those guys, I do actually feel like you're giving up too much. And I put up – and th- this is this is one way to look at it. I put up a poll on Twitter just asking the same question yesterday. And the poll was, should the Lakers trade Russ plus two first-rounders for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald? surprisingly, and when I say surprisingly, I think fans usually tend to, yeah, yeah, just make the trade. Yeah, 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 just go ahead and do it. (laughs) I think most fans are in favor of trades. This one, especially because it just included draft picks, that's kind of another reason why I thought more people would say, yeah, make that trade. 53% of Laker fans said, no, you're offering too much, don't make that trade. And that's where I kind of fall. I fall on this Miles Turner, Buddy Heal, two guys that I think would be nice additions to this Lakers team. I don't think those two guys, if they came on the Lakers, you'd be looking at the team and saying, that's the squad. I think that with Darvin Ham 
I think with a lot of these young pieces that the Lakers kind of learning from some of their mistakes last offseason where they signed so many of these older vets that just didn't have an impact, whether it was Trevor Ariza or go down the list, right, DeAndre Jordan. Um, I think the team will be better in general, and then you got to get Anthony Davis to obviously play 70 games. I think that alone is going to help the Lakers, and I think the right role players will also help the team. But to give up two first-rounders for those guys, I feel like those first-rounders have to go in a move for Kyrie. They have to go for in a move that you felt like, okay, now when you talk about the elite in the Western Conference, the Lakers are back in that conversation. Again, there may not, may not be a move that will accomplish that goal with those, with those draft picks, but I could see why the Lakers are hesitant to do it. I just don't think Miles Turner and Buddy Heald are complete game changers where, you know, think about this. In 2027 and 2029, based on where the Lakers are sitting today and that they're already a non-playoff team as we sit here today because they didn't make the playoffs last year. I mean, you know, you could you could say circumstances and you could say, well, AD was out for half the year. They didn't make the playoffs, so they're a team that – did not make the playoffs. However, they're all in. Um, I, I get concerned about what that future looks like for the Lakers because for all we know, that 2027 uh, first-rounder that they may trade today, that could be a top-five pick in five years. That could be a top-seven pick in five years. That could be a Luka. That could be, you know, and I know I'm. there's no way of predicting that, but – the Lakers, once this window is over, there's going to be some challenges to getting back to being competitive. And it's not like they're cropping all these young players and developing all these young players where you're saying to yourself, they're not the Golden State Warriors that while even when they were down, they were drafting players, they're cropping them. They're not the Boston Celtics where it's you feel like there's a window here of five, seven years or something, or the Milwaukee Bucks, a long window the Lakers window, it might already be shut, but let's just say it's not shut. It's coming close to being shut, at least this you know, this iteration of the Lakers, that those draft picks down the road can be critical. I mean, they could be huge draft picks down the road, and to give those up for Buddy Heald and Miles Turner sounds like a lot. Um, now, for all I know, too, that Lakers could be, in 2027, that could be a number 25 pick and they were able to dominate in free agency, and the franchise is humming along like it always has. But that's a, that seems like a lot for those, uh, for those two players. Okay, so the other two teams, I, th- I think this one's interesting. The Utah Jazz one. Let me do the Knicks one first, and then I'll go back to the Utah Jazz. So the Knicks is, is the other team, Sham Sharania had reported, that have been in discussion with the Lakers potentially for Westbrook. Now the Knicks, what makes them interesting is – it could include Julius Randle coming back to the Lakers. I don't really get too excited about that. I mean, to be honest with you, I really don't. I, I like Julius Randle. He's a nice player. I think sometimes it's good when I was a, I was a fan of, of a lot of those young pieces for the Lakers eventually moving on. I felt like even for Kuz, it's like, okay, let that guy go get some shine somewhere else. Let's see what B.I. is going to do in New Orleans. Let's see what Josh Hart's going to do in his next stop. Lonzo with the Bulls. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle, the same thing. I don't know if I want to see Julius Randle back on the Lake Show. And um, for the Knicks, again, it could be one of those where they take advantage of getting some draft picks or uh, they just get to take Russ's contract and then just clear the books. That's what I think their goal is going to be 
They went out and got Jalen Brunson. They're going to go out and try to make a move for Donovan Mitchell, and they would want to use Julius Randle. They want to use Russ's contract basically just to clean the books and then uh, come back into next offseason without the Julius Randle contract. I don't know how many years Fournier has, but I know he's making $18 million this upcoming year. I think the, the Jazz one is actually interesting to me. So Utah's got to figure out what they're going to do with Donovan Mitchell, and they're trying to gauge what his trade value is in the market. We know what they ended up getting for Rudy Gobert, which was basically five first-rounders, which I think is the reason why it just stopped and screwed up the entire market. If Gobert is worth five first-rounders, what the hell is Kevin Durant worth or Donovan Mitchell, who's obviously under um, under Kevin Durant, but Donovan Mitchell is, a, is a, a fantastic young player in the league in his own right. But I think what, what makes the Jazz interesting to me, Mike Conley... I think would be a fantastic fit on the Lakers. Big Donovich, of course, would be a great fit on the Lakers. Jordan Clarkson, um, he's a player that is seems to be so comfortable with his role coming off the bench, and I'm going to still get you 15 to 20 points a game. He's continued to develop in his career. And I know I was actually just talking about young players that I like. I don't need to see them come back to the Lakers. But Clarkson is such a just a role player that I think he can work anywhere. And he did have... Really nice stint where I feel like he found who he was in the league by spending some time with the Utah Jazz. But I think the Jazz thing is interesting, and I think what it will eventually all come down to is this chatter and this conversation about the draft picks. And I just don't think any of those names are, I don't know if big enough is the right way to put it, but for two first-rounders to go get a Miles Turner, uh, Buddy Heald, a Bogdanovich, Mike Conley, those kind of guys. It sounds like the Lakers would be giving up a lot, especially some of those players are either way past their prime like Mike Conley or guys that are just role players and that's all they're going to be. So we'll see what happens. Maybe this stuff with KD, it moves a little bit faster, and then there's still some opportunity for Kyrie, but it sounds like those are all plan Bs for the Lakers, and uh, they'll probably take their time until they can figure out whether this is realistic or it's not realistic. Um there was a really, really good interview, uh, All the Smoke, which is um, a, a great podcast. Matt Barnes, um, Stephen Jackson, they do it on Showtime. Darvin Ham, new head coach of the Lakers, Darvin Ham was on there. And I want to read off a quote because this specific quote stood out to me. Uh, and I'll, I'll start getting into this and when, I brought, when I have Brad Turner on from, uh, from the L.A. Times. We could talk about it a little bit more. Um, listen to what he said about Anthony Davis. He said, this is not going to work without AD. No disrespect to Braun. No disrespect to Russ. They're going to be who they are. Braun is going to continue to be great. Russ is going to have a much, much better season. But AD, having AD available, especially with the guys um, we just signed, the young guys, it's going to be invaluable. You know, it kind of, it stuck to me. Not that, um, not that, Darvin Ham is telling us anything new, but it's just as much as we spend, there's been so much of the offseason talking about Russ. Um, August 4th is going to be a big date for the Lakers because that's when LeBron can sign his extension. Um, what should the Lakers do with some of their role players? Who should stay on the team? Who should not? Uh, what were they going to do on free agency? What young players were they going to bring in? These are all fair questions of what the team should do what they should do moving forward. 
but literally none of it means anything without Braun. And none of it means anything, I'm sorry, without AD. And none of it means anything without a really, really, really good Anthony Davis. Kendrick Perkins last week was going out on a, um, really just kind of putting his, uh, putting his name out there and saying that Anthony Davis is going to win. His prediction, he's going to win MVP. I saw a quote. He said, AD's been waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning, getting in workouts, going three a days. Anthony Davis looks like he's in phenomenal shape. Um, I don't think we emphasize it enough. All these side conversations that we have about the Lakers and where they are and how they can get past the situation they're in, how can they get past that um, get part of that uh, playoff conversation and in the conversation of the Western Conference, doesn't it seem like it all falls on AD's shoulders that if Anthony Davis is the legit big man that we remember two years ago, then, yeah, just like that, whatever the roster looks like, the Lakers are back in the conversation because there really is nobody in the league that can stop him. But if he's not that player, then – there's no conversation to be had because everything else just seems irrelevant, including Russ, including those other role players. Not that they don't help, but those are pieces. They're not the foundation. That AD, you know, and I, I read that quote from Darvin Ham. he understands what what it means and how critical it is to have Anthony Davis not just on the squad, not just playing 70 games minimum a year, but being one of the best players in the league. That, to me, is going to be what we watch the most in this next season, even though we want to improve the rest of the roster before uh, uh, before the uh, training camp starts. Okay, uh, Brad Turner, LA Times, coming up next. Stay right here. Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, I want to welcome in Brad Turner of the L.A. Times, covers the Lakers for the L.A. Times. BT, what's going on, man? Thank you for uh, taking some time and joining us on this Monday night. Man, it's my pleasure. Alan, for you, anytime, anything, my friend, you know that. Thank you, sir. (laughs) Thank you. Much appreciated. BT, so, you know, it's it's funny because this is, I feel like it's four shows, well, really the Daily Show as well, but four Lakers talk shows in a row where we keep talking about, hey, is that going to happen? Is this deal going down? What do you just think of the NBA in general right now where it seems like what what we thought might be a quiet free agency and then all of a sudden KD says, hey, I want out of Brooklyn, Gobert gets traded to the to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Then you're thinking, is Donovan Mitchell next? 
it's been pretty quiet here for the past three or four weeks. What do you think of just kind of the state of the NBA and the lack of movement? You know, this is really not unusual that the NBA makes these trades during the summertime. It's just that we have a high-profile name, very high-profile, in Kevin Durant, one of the highest-profile names that's seeking to be traded since, what, maybe Kobe Bryant in 2007? Mm. And then you have Rudy Gobert, who does get traded for four first-round picks, players, and a first-round draft pick that Minnesota chose in the draft in June. Donovan Mitchell name is coming up. You have Russell's name is coming up. You've just got, man, there's a lot of action going on for a while, and now things are kind of quiet, which is what usually happens if deals don't get done. Let's just say the mid part of July because free agencies, agents, people in front of office kind of take a little break, get a little bit slower, and if you haven't got that deal done, that means that you just can't put the right package together. So I'm not surprised this is all going on. I'm a little bit, like everyone else, wondering what would happen. BT, do you think there's um, – should we connect the dots on KD until he gets dealt, if he gets dealt, right? I mean, for all we know, they can go do everything they can to go try to uh, um, accommodate KD's request, but then just figure out we're not getting enough back in return. This is – we have them under contract. Let's just keep them. Um, what's the connection you see to KD and Kyrie in the sense that if KD gets traded, that increases probably the chances of Kyrie ending up leaving. If KD doesn't get traded, then maybe that decreases the chances of Kyrie. Do you see a connection there? I do. It is my understanding and based on everything that I've read and then having done some background talking with people around the league today, that until Kevin Durant is traded, Kyrie will not be traded mm-hmm. until they move KD. The Nets don't really want to engage in conversations about Kyrie. They want to get a deal done with KD first. Once that happens, if KD gets traded, I just don't see any way Kyrie goes back to that team. Mm-hmm. There's just no way you keep him around based on everything that happened. The games he didn't play in, Losing in the first round of you know the playing was the first round of the playoffs. I mean, so it just wasn't a good look for him. But until the KD thing takes place, which, as you said, may not happen, they may not trade him, and in that case, they may not trade Kyrie. We, you know, we just don't know. It's a guessing game right now. Yeah. What I have heard is that over the last, I think maybe last week or the week before that KD and Kyrie were actually in L.A. working out and playing basketball together here in Los Angeles. Hmm. I don't know what that means. I don't know how you try to figure that out, but I've been told that it has been the case. BT, to the best of your ability, just trying to kind of think of what the front office has in mind for the Lakers, is, is Kyrie, you still think, the – is that plan A, hey, if we could find a way to land Kyrie and use Russ and some kind of a deal to get Kyrie and somebody else, uh, or yeah, when I say somebody else, could be Joe Harris or however you make the contracts work, do you feel that is 
absolutely plan A for the Lakers. And then all this other talk that we hear about the Pacers or the Knicks or the Jazz, those are all plan Bs. Is is that to your best, the best of your ability, how you understand it, how the front office is thinking? It is my understanding that Kyrie is plan A, and he should be. He's supposed to be mm-hmm. plan A. As far as the Knicks are concerned, based on what I was told today, that the Knicks have no interest in Russell. They have not had any conversation with the Lakers regarding Russell Westbrook. I also understand that the Lakers have made phone calls to Indiana for Buddy Hill, Miles Turner, and the answer has been a quick no. And when the name Taylor Horton comes up to sweep the pot, there just has been no movement because the Pacers are just not interested in what the Lakers have offered, and they're not interested really and having Russell on a team when they got the young man, they traded for what, Halliburton last year, the point guard from Sacramento. Mm-hmm. So they have a young point guard in place who they are very high on. The Utah Jazz. Can, can, I, ask is, you, can I ask you, BT, before sure. we get to Utah? The mm-hmm. Indiana one. So that can, can you just, I mean, maybe flush out from what you understand as far as what the details, the Lakers reaching out to the Pacers, they want to offer Russ, and in return um, for Miles Turner, Buddy Hield, what else were the Lakers offering? And I think this is there was a report um, over the weekend that it was coming down to the Lakers, the Pacers wanting two first rounders. Is that is that an option? I mean, the Lakers are are they trying to? How are they using their first rounders in this uh, in a deal like this? My understanding is the Lakers are willing to talk about one first round pick. Got it. Two first-round picks is something they do not want to do. Mm-hmm. At no time at all, they want to have some assets in the future. If they give up two picks, then it means going forward. And once the cupboard is bare and Russ is traded and maybe LeBron is out of sure. his contract and maybe Kyrie's also done with his contract, then you have no draft picks, no draft capital. That puts you in a bad position. So they're trying to keep one of those picks, which is smart, which I understand. But it may come down to that being a final decision. And that's something that my man Rob Palenka, the GM of the Lakers, will have to weigh very heavily. Yeah, it's Brad Turner from the LA Times joining us here on Lakers Talk. BT, I was was spending some time on this as well. And I I struggle with this because – from a fan perspective, if you're just looking at, hey, a draft pick in 2027, who cares? A draft pick in 2029, that's not a big deal. Yeah, go ahead and do whatever you have to do. They really, really don't have much draft capital moving forward. I'm, I'm just curious. I'm curious from your perspective. Are you concerned big picture for the Lakers in three to five years? Or, no, you're not mm. concerned because it is the Lakers, and it would be a bigger deal if it was a team that – was not attractive, didn't have the market capital that the Lakers do, wasn't arguably the most popular franchise, one of the most popular franchises in all sports. Or do you do you think about that and say, what, that that's going to be a very difficult, um, it's going to be very difficult to navigate that if, let's say, hypothetically, they got to give up these two first-rounders, and like you said, you're looking inside the cupboard and there's nothing really there from a draft pers- uh, perspective. You know, no, I'm not concerned about it. Because it's the Lakers. Mm-hmm. 
they seem to find a way to get through tough, difficult times. When I go back to Kobe Bryant requesting a trade in 2007 and wanting to go to Chicago and Lakers owner Dr. Jerry Buss was talking to him about doing that deal. Like, okay, let's try to figure something out. They didn't trade Kobe, and who falls into their laps? Paul Gasol. Somehow the Lakers end up getting him, and the Lakers go to three straight finals and win two NBA championships. Now, I can't sit up and say that it's going to happen again, but it looks as if there's a chance that Kyrie could fall into their laps, hmm. who is a great talent. Despite all the off-the-court stuff, the dude can play some basketball. I mean, he is an unreal basketball player. So if that happens, then you start saying, well, is it worth giving up two picks to try to get him, knowing that you have improved your chances to win an NBA title, and also knowing that LeBron James is not getting any younger. He's playing for a championship for right now. BT, is that, um, is that August 4th date? Is that a – a big date right now for the Lakers? Uh, do, do they feel like they have to do something by August 4th, or is there a good enough relationship, you think, between the front office, Braun, and everyone's on the same page that uh, when he is due for an extension for an additional two years, that that will be what the Lakers end up doing this offseason has nothing to do with what Braun does? You know, I think it does have something to do with his decision, but the date is just where they can start talking about what he wants to do, if he's willing to sign an extension. And let's be honest, are they willing to give him an extension? Well, the answer to that would absolutely be yes. How much will that be? But LeBron James is shrewd. He's smart. He always wants to see what the organization does before he makes a decision Hmm. or what direction he might be going in before he decides. So I think it's a date that's intriguing but it's not something that they have to worry about because they have him under control for one more year, right? And they can still send him to a contract August 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, whenever it is, he can still agree to a deal. BT, there was um, – there was. I'm, I'm going to read off a quote here to you because I know there's so many scenarios coming up in the offseason. Um, Darvin Ham, new coach of the Lakers, was on All the Smoke on their podcast – and I'm going to read off a quote, and he's talking about Anthony Davis, and, and you could give me your thoughts on this. But he says, this is not going to work without AD. No disrespect to Braun. No disrespect to Russ. They're going to be who they are. Braun is going to continue to be great. Russ is going to have a much, much better season. But AD, having AD available, especially with the guys we just signed, the young guys, it's going to be invaluable. Do, we, do, do you think we spend too much time talking about all these different scenarios and trades and what is why is Russ not fitting in, and, and probably not enough. Not enough of our effort is going towards Anthony Davis. Um, how often he's going to be on the floor when he is on the floor? How effective he is? Can it just be simplified when and I when I hear Darvin Ham? That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Is it just simplified to the Lakers for the most part? There are other factors that come into play, but it's really the play of Anthony Davis that determines the success of the Lakers. Is it can can we make it that simple that if you're looking at a uh, what percentage is most important of the Lakers, that AD is the most important piece? I say yes, because when healthy, AD is one of the top five best two-way players in the NBA. 
He is an incredible defensive player. He is a skilled big man, one of the best skilled big men in the NBA. If we, the AD I want to see, I'll always bring this up, that's the one that hit the big three-point shot against the Denver Nuggets in the bubble. The AD that played exceptionally well after game one when the Lakers lost to the Phoenix Suns last year in the playoffs. In the first round, they lose game one. Game two, that's the player that we know he can be. We just don't see it enough, even when he is healthy. If he plays to that level every single night, which we know he can do, then the Lakers' chances of winning the title, no matter who they put besides him and LeBron James, it increases, along with him being healthy. So in that regard, I agree with Darvin Ham. AD really is the centerpiece of all of this because we know what LeBron James is going to give you every single night. We just don't know for sure if AD is going to be healthy and what he's going to bring. BT, one of the things I, I was uh, I was excited about, and this was early on when Darvin Ham was just signed, there was some reports out there that Rasheed Wallace could potentially join his uh, his coaching staff. And then uh, earlier today, Sham Sharania had put out a, a tweet that he is no longer, um, that Rasheed Wallace will no longer join the Lakers coaching staff. I, I was I was kind of bummed out about that one. Um, do, do you, any background on that? Any There was no real explanation or anything of what happened there. Were you surprised that uh, Rasheed's not going to be a part of the staff? Not really, because if he was going to be a part of the staff, he would have been hired back when they start naming other candidates, when they name other guys that they wanted to have on the staff. I mean, I don't know why it didn't happen, but I'm not surprised by it only because it didn't happen right away. Yep. And every time I start up with people with the Lakers, she name was on the list, all I got was he's a candidate. Hmm. He is a candidate, and obviously now based on the reports that he's a candidate, they won't be hired. Yeah, that, that's, that, that seems like, and I think that's a good way to put it. it, was the name was out there, and then Darvin Ham at the time was like, hey, there's nothing official or done, and then we got a little bit more insight on it today. Um, BT, I, I really appreciate you uh, joining the show and giving us uh, a full breakdown of the Lakers. I hope you're uh, enjoying your offseason, buddy, and uh, hopefully we can cross paths soon, but thank you for doing this. Man, my pleasure. Thank you very much, Alan. All right, BT. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Absolutely. All right, that's Brad Turner of the L.A. Times right there. Um, okay, a couple things that uh, I want to take from B.T. So B.T. talking about don't worry about the picks, that 2027, that 2029 pick. Um, don't worry about that. It's not the worrying about the specific picks. It's who you're giving those picks up for. Uh, and then he still has some hope out there that Kyrie could still potentially be with the Lakers. Plus, an old Laker, Malik Monk had some thoughts. He was telling TMZ Sports what he thinks about the big three and what they could do next year for us is still on the team. That coming up next, plus our final thoughts. Stay right here, Lakers Talk 710 ESPN. All right, again, thank you to uh, Brad Turner of the LA Times. Get a little closer here, Laker fans. We're still, uh, I know, a couple months away before training camp starts, but um, hopefully some more clarity on this Lakers team over the next couple of weeks or so. And BT, you know, Brad Turner talking about, I mentioned the 2027, 2029 picks that 
I think we're giving up too many first-rounders to go get Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Uh, Funches and I were talking to the break, and Funches like, no, go make that trade if you can make that trade. And I'm sure there's a lot of Laker fans out there who just want to see, go improve your team right now. Um, my only hesitation with those two first-rounders, I'm not saying that, and I've said this before, you're going to stop now. You've been all in for the last five years. You're going to stop now at a draft pick or you're going to stop now at THT in a trade or something like that. And I don't think the Lakers will. I think they are they understand. I, I don't think they're in a um, time-sensitive time spot right now. I think there's a lot that might need to trickle down in the NBA with other trades what happens to KD? Does Donovan Mitchell end up going somewhere? If KD does go, what does that draft compensation look like? I think there's a lot of other things that still need to happen around the NBA. So I don't think there's this huge rush of, of trying to put together a deal tonight, tomorrow. Um, but the Kyrie piece of it, I thought when BT was talking about, look, that's that's a real deal player. That's a real deal, real deal all-star. He can take your team, especially – replacing Russ and adding a shooter and putting a guy like Kyrie on your team, um, that I wouldn't hesitate on the two first-rounders or you know, whatever, however you want to describe it. And the Lakers are going to jockey for their position as well. They're going to tell the Brooklyn Nets, well, you're going to get nothing for Kyrie if he stays on your roster. No other team wants him. So the Lakers have a little bit of leverage there. But that's somebody that I'd be more willing to do that for because you feel like, hey, this guy – could be the difference of you competing for a championship or not competing for a championship. So uh, I liked getting, um, definitely liked getting Brad Turner's take on that. Also thought it was interesting that he shed some light on the Indiana deal, the Pacers deal that they wanted two uh, first rounders and that the Lakers um, were also, uh, were also trying to use THT as, uh, as some additional bait, I guess you can call it. Now the THT, so for those who don't know, THT signed, I want to say it was $11, $10 million a year last season. So he's on a three-year, $30 million deal, and I think he has a player option in the final year of his contract. Um, THT on a young team without much expectations is, in my opinion, sounds like a much better fit than a team like the Lakers that needs to win right now, and he's only 21 years old. So he's obviously a, a, a lot a lot more left to go in his growth and his career for him to be in a position where in Indiana you could take your time because that franchise isn't going anywhere. Um, the Rashid Wallace not joining the Laker coaching staff. I know I just mentioned it with BT right now too. This one's actually a bummer for me. I really actually wanted him to be on the roster. I, I kind of like Rashid's no-nonsense, all-about-basketball attitude. I thought he could have given something or offered something to Anthony Davis that could have been – most definitely helpful to his career and kind of his style. So the Rashid Wallace not joining the Lakers, uh, he won't be a part of the uh, coaching staff. That's coming from Sham Sharania. So, um, you know, that's just uh, just a heads up on that one. We did think it was going to happen at one point and ended up not happening. Uh, TMZ Sports got a chance to connect with uh, Malik Monk. And Monk, is, as everybody knows, who was actually one of the rare – positive stories coming out of Lakerland this past year. I, I like Malik Monk's play. I, th I thought he was a good player. He ended up signing a two-year, $19 million deal with the Sacramento Kings in the offseason. So, and I think it was expected that, hey, the guy, he's going to get offered a contract somewhere. And, you know, hopefully it's a good example that players know they could come make a name for themselves here and then go get a contract somewhere else if they're not a part of the future with the Lakers. But this is what he had to say about LeBron 
Anthony Davis and Russ all playing together. He says um, they're grown men, especially when they have conversations like that. It will all work out for them. They are all great. Um, you know, obviously we know what happened last year, and it's interesting to hear it come from a former player that was on the team, and I'm sure, you know, has this insider to what was going on last year that none of us do, especially when you're a former player. I think he was just really trying to say the right thing, but literally that's all the quote says. He just says that they'll do great, that they'll be fine. They'll figure it out together. Um, But I think for most Laker fans, I don't think most Laker fans want to see them try to figure it out together. Last story that I want to get into, I thought this was uh, interesting for those who have been uh, Laker fans. I'm going to throw out this name. You're going to say, ah, Wait, wait, wait. This is all old school Lakers here. Slava Medvedenko. I think a lot of Laker fans obviously remember Slava back in the days. Won, um, won two championship rings back in the day with the Lakers with Shaq and with Kobe. Why am I bringing up Slava is because there's a good story on ESPN.com right now that Slava is auctioning his NBA championship rings to raise money for his uh, native country, Ukraine. So Medvedenko won two championships I mentioned. It was 2001-2002 playing alongside Kobe and Shaq is going to um, auction his rings and his goal is to help restore um, uh, infrastructure as far as sports infrastructure around schools and um, a lot of these uh, social clubs in Ukraine. So I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to Slava and what he's trying to do. There's an article on ESPN that's got all the um, all the uh, details on there, but I guess it's estimated he'll probably raise around $100,000 by, uh, by uh, selling off both of the rings, and obviously it's going to go to a great cause. Um, okay, Laker fans, um, if you miss any part of the show, make sure you just go to um, uh, our Lakers, uh, our ESPN LA app, and you can catch the Lakers Talk channel there. Go back and listen. Thank you to uh, Laura Romo. Thank you to Michael Funches. Thank you to Mario Ruiz. LA, as always, greatly appreciate it. Have a great rest of your night.